Theorizing that primetime audiences were ready for a new time travel series, NBC and creator Donald Belisario debuted Quantum Leap on March 26, 1989. Starring Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, the series followed Dr. Sam Beckett for five seasons of time-hopping adventures, spawning novels, comics, and a fan base that has clamored for decades for a revival. Now, with Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett starring in a new version of the series that dangles just as many new threads as it does old ones, we'll ball the string up and explore the revival and the ways in which Quantum Leap has always entertained and inspired us here on... Oh boy... Oh boy, it's a Quantum Leap Podcast. My name is Nate, and with me is a co-host we can all see and hear, it's Brian Martin. Hello out there, everyone. <laughs> good evening, Brian. Yeah, good Good evening indeed, Nate. It is. Good. Every week, we swear to God, we're going to get this recording on earlier, and then, uh, boy. And here we are in the pitch of night again. Yes, it's, yeah, it's, it will be midnight before we finish. What is the witching hour? Uh, it's whatever hour I'm trying to get Miles to bed. Oh, okay. Well, the witching hour comes when he should be going to bed. But isn't something like the actual witching hour, like seven? That seems too early for it. I mean, witches can't cause trouble at seven o'clock. Everybody's trying to get dinner. The thirteenth and... hour. No, I don't know. That's like one p.m. That's definitely not the witching. <laughs> hour. I don't know. At any rate, you can see we may be a little slap happy here, but uh, hopefully it helps with the writing process because we do have a system tonight. Oh boy, we have a plan. Our plan is that we did not take notes this week. Well, that's but a, that was by design. It was by design. Yeah, that, that's a good place to start though, because did you do any follow up on this? Did you revisit any of Quantum Leap season one? A little bit here and there select moments to okay. refresh my memory i thought about pulling up some youtube videos or something like this i but i rewatched the finale oh the whole thing okay yeah i rewatched the finale i need to at least remember where we left off i'm gonna watch the finale and every time i went to push play i really didn't want to watch it <laughs> like like there's a danger that you're gonna like it less than you did the first time and it was for listeners out there who may not recall things that happened two months ago, it was in Nate's bottom three episodes of the season. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, it was. But largely it was just, I really don't have any interest in watching this. And do I really need to do this? I tried to watch one of these YouTube videos that was like a recap of whatever. And I was like, I didn't find anything that was really suitable. And so I buckled down, I rewatched it. And still not great. <laughs> Did you like it more or less? Probably a very similar response. The things that worked for me before really still worked. All the interpersonal stuff, the relationship stuff, all of that stuff works really well. The characters mm -hmm. in their different eras, that worked really well. Mm -hmm. um, but all of the questions that I had about how this thing works and what the hell was actually going on <laughs> was just as frustrating, if not more so. 
because okay. I didn't have the added context of the rest of the episodes that we've been watching up to this. So it's sort of like taking a piece out and being like, does this actually work? And the very idea that the accelerator is on somebody's side, choosing who wins a battle, why did it send them backwards in time through the bodies that they were in before? What happens to Ben's 2018 body and Magic's 2018 body? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff was really frustrating. And then the one thing that still makes absolutely no sense to me is this notion. Remember, the three different Ian's all had to input the cheat code into the accelerator program at the same time? At the same time in the script? At the same time in the script. Because <laughs> they're, they're existing in three different eras. It shouldn't matter when any one of them does it. Exactly. But they did like a split screen so that we knew they were all thinking about it at that same moment, I guess. At the same moment we're seeing them, that we're but seeing they're not them. seeing each other. Yeah. And they made this half-hearted quantum entanglement technobabble about how they had a shared quantum experience because they had all interacted with Ben, and somehow that made them one. Yeah, all that stuff was super frustrating. And hmm. if today's mission is to work up a season two, I think part of what we need to decide is whether we're going to... Whether we're going to build on what they did, or completely sweep it under the rug and start over. I don't think that I could continue with that, honestly. I need to make sense of that. This is Brian and Nate write season two, not Brian and Nate predict what season two will be. That's going to be something different. Okay. If you and I were suddenly handed the keys to this train, to keys to keys to trains, tra trains. I don't know. I don't think a train Wait, has. How do a you key. turn a train on? <laughs> how do you I bet you turn, turn it on with on. a key. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay. So this is not about my railroad conducting. <laughs> no. Excuse me, how do you turn this thing on? <laughs> Point is, if we're given the keys to the car and we're in charge of this, I feel like we need to give this thing some structure and some understanding of how it works. Okay. And I feel like I've got a pretty good idea of how it's supposed to work based on the Legacy series. Well, I will tell you this. You know who would disagree with just about everything you said about the finale? The panelists at the Dragon Con panel that I sat in on. Oh, no. Yeah, so... Okay, so this past weekend you were in Atlanta at... At Dragon at Con. At Dragon yes, Con. Which, which is a five-day... I'm going to call it a work week. <laughs> of a, of a sci-fi, fantasy, anime, video game, comic book convention. It's just everything, everywhere... All at once. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I really thought that was anime heavy one, but you've said otherwise. It's an insane show, man. I mean, there is programming 24 hours a day wow. from Thursday night to 5 p.m. Monday. There's stuff to be doing all day long. Wow. Now, most reasonable people go to sleep <laughs> at some point. There is a station for... IV drips, where you can go in and pay like $25 and get rehydrated and, and get electrolytes and stuff. What? I'm not kidding. And there's people always sitting there. I'm like, you need to reassess your life. Yeah. This is what happens to you. Because there are ample opportunities to drink water and beer, but <laughs> you can stay hydrated very easily at this show. But anyway, the moral of the story is great weekend, lots of fun. Friday... 
I sat in on a Quantum Leap panel. Now, most of the panels at Dragon Con are fan-produced panels, so they don't have anybody involved with the actual media themselves. Okay. But it is a group of people that come back to Dragon Con year after year of varying credentials. Some of them are writers, some of them are professors, some of them are podcast hosts. I was in the audience, of course, right? and I learned very quickly to just not ask questions or make comments. Not because I didn't have good things to say and they didn't appreciate it. I'll get to that in a second. So most of the people on this panel, I believe there were five people on the panel. By and large, they all seemed to be very happy with it. I think the general consensus was they were glad it was a continuation and not a reboot. One person did mention the absence of a waiting room gave them pause, but they were able to rationalize it by saying that obviously there have been some technological advancements and changes made to the system, and perhaps the need for a waiting room was deleted, which is obviously, headcanon or not, the direction they went one way or the other. There is no waiting room in the series. So they kind of talked themselves into it instead of you and I, who got into this chat room for <laughs> for an entire season and just bitched about it. So they just let it pass. And I was like, wow, I didn't know you could do that with things you were mad about. You could just kind of let it go. Um, <laughs> if only there had been some sort of catchy song in the last decade that was ubiquitous and never left the public consciousness that had taught us such a valuable <laughs> lesson. But I digress. They were happy with the ensemble cast angle that you get to see the people working at the project this time. Someone mentioned that they missed the theme song, which I was like, okay, there's a kindred spirit. Someone on the panel pointed out that there was a real value in seeing in the finale when they were just getting the project back off the ground. Yeah, And seeing their initial interactions with each other. Because as this person observed, five years can make a family, right? And we can start to fill in the gaps in terms of how these people became the close friends that they are in 2022 and 2023 because they worked together under these circumstances for four or five years and i was like okay all right so at some point i mentioned one of my favorite things about this season has been getting to finally see what the leaping experience is for someone who had been leaped into and then ben or sam left Mm -hmm. we got to hear what that experience was like for magic and we got a similar experience later in the season I mentioned my headcanon right now is that there's got to be a support group out there for leapies. They've all found each other online, you know, whether it's a conspiracy website or something like that. These people have to find each other. And this guy on the panel is like, that's a really good idea. I think I'm going to write that. And I was like, I'm not giving out ideas for free here. I'm shutting up. I'm not saying another word about anything. (laughs) Yeah, well, we've got... We mentioned that several times throughout the course of this podcast going back. That's true. And here we are. We're about to embark on an episode where all we do is give out free ideas. Yeah, exactly. season. So, but I don't know that you ever gave us an idea of who these people were. Do you have like actual Uh, names of... No, I mean, I did not copy down their names and I could look it up. Okay. (laughs) I could absolutely look it up. Obviously, if they're putting together a panel devoted to a series, then they're fans of that series. And if they're fans of that series, then they must be happy with that series. They were clearly fans of the original series, too. Right. I feel like I was probably a little bit more obsessed with it because I pointed out the names of episodes a few times that they were talking about. (laughs) You know, anyway, what I'm saying is if I have my druthers, I'm going to be on that panel next year. Yeah, that's my goal. How well attended was this panel? 
Oh, there were probably 25 or 30 people there. Okay. I'd say the room was probably half full. Yeah, I'm just trying so, to gauge, like, the actual interest. Like, how popular is this? Because, first of all, it's kind of interesting that it's popular enough that there is a panel at all. There are panels for everything at Dragon Con. Again. Yeah, but this. <laughs> there's no stones unturned at this thing, man. If it's a media anything, there's going to be a panel for it at Dragon Con. If you were there, folks, uh, shoot us an email. Yeah, for sure. Let us know what you thought. Three things that they brought up as potential ideas to explore for this show. Okay. One is the idea that what if over the course of his leaps, Ben is picking up skills that he'll need for some specific event, like being able to box or pilot something or things like that. Like Because unlike Sam, who had all these like sort of latent skills because he was a savant, Ben is just a guy. Right. We've yeah, talked about right. that a lot this season where he's like, he doesn't know how to do any of this stuff. And he's kind of learning as he goes. Like, what if he's being prepared for something? Right. OK. Um, two. How long do you think the project could last without the government coming in and directly regulating it? Aren't they already directly regulating it? Well, they're definitely snooping around it. Right. But they're obviously not regulating it enough to stop Ben from getting into the accelerator or to stop the team from doing X, Y, or Z, right? I see that, but what I meant is that it's a government program. Like, technically, magic is regulating that program for the government presently. They're just doing it very poorly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The third thing, this panel was very, very hopeful that somehow, some way. Scott Bakula will ultimately return on this show. Right. And this neat idea kind of floated there that I was like, huh, that's an interesting way to take that. You know, the final title card of the series finale of the original series said that Dr. Sam Beckett never returned home. Right. It never said that was his decision. What if someone or something prevented Sam Beckett from coming home? And he's out there now. And it's not his choice. Some malevolent force or something has prevented him from being able to leave. Yeah. And I was like, huh, okay. I could see a show like this going in that direction if Sam is out there mm -hmm. and actually needs to be rescued from something. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was just an interesting idea to kind of float. Like, yeah. that ending in the original series people grouse about i think it's kind of like a poetic ending and it's like the only way the show could have ended as we've talked about before but sure what if we alter that what if we read that sentence wrong yeah well i think that would be out of character in the one episode that we did where we talked about belisario's interview his conceit was that he was out there leaping because he chose to continue to do so right that's the context we've talked about i don't know if i would want that to be the case. I'm not saying it's uninteresting. It is an interesting idea to, to read that sentence differently and kind of gets the wheels turning, but I don't know that that would be a road that I would want to continue down. Which makes I, me think that's exactly the road that this show would go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were saying that uh, most of the people on the panel there disagreed with my assessment of how things actually worked in that finale i don't know that it made sense to them i feel like they just rolled with it you yeah. know 
Yeah. I will say somebody did mention that the idea of temporal acceleration made sense to them. I'm thinking like we're going to need a whole different panel for you to explain why that makes sense. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> was he alone in the room that thought that or was everybody just sort of like, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, that was kind of it. Everybody dug the show. Yeah. I feel like there were very few complaints about it and the few complaints there were they managed to be cool with it by like the middle of the season. Yeah. They did agree with us on a number of things that one person mentioned that they didn't buy Addison as a character until the episode with her father, which is about the mark for us. I think where she sort of became this three dimensional character. I give her an episode or two earlier than that. It was the leap. I repeat repeat that did it for for me. me. Yeah. Overall, it was a, an interesting conversation. I, I wish we had been part of the panel. <laughs> Next <laughs> I year. Guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We could. I don't know. Well, none of those people are here tonight. <laughs> and I, I have to believe they're not listening. Well, well, I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Know. If, Like I said, if you are, if uh, you know, there. chime in. Chime in at our email address because we're going to try and put together at least the structure of what a season two should look like. I guess what we need to sort of narrow down is, does it need a season-long arc? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Does it need to be a huge investment and a time suck? No. Right. All right. So when I look back at the original series, and I'm not, I swear to God, I'm not going to be that guy. Nate, you're going to be that guy. Okay. I got it. uh, (laughs) Probably. I'm just assuming. (laughs) But every... Season premiere and season finale throughout the run of Quantum Leap. There's all of these kind of big event or quirky kind of things, right? And when I'm thinking of a season-long arc, I'm picturing something that they sort of tried to do with Martinez, where there's just little things peppered throughout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would scale it back just a little bit from what Martinez was, right? Like, I would start with a main thing. Well, what, and then end with the resolution of that main thing. Yeah. But in between, there's a lot of space for other adventures that have nothing to do with it. Well, that. that'll be the key because Martinez would have been fine if he wasn't sold as a giant cataclysm, you know? Right. Like, yeah. they sold us a bill of goods that – a false bill of goods, I guess is what I should say, because his story was not as big as they made it out to be, you know? No, it was a small – in a personal way. Right. It wasn't cataclysmic. Well, I mean, tell that to future Ian, I guess. We see this cataclysmic future, but the real focus of that Martinez story is Ben is trying to save Addison. Right. The cataclysm and the post-apocalypse have very little bearing <laughs> on Ben's <laughs> Ben's motivation here. That was the other thing about the premiere, or the finale, rather, they said that he was working towards trying to get to the future. And, uh, uh, what's the, Ian. Da- no, not Ian, the daughter, um, Sam's ja- Janice, Janet. Yeah. They're trying to get to the future. I and knew Janice, writing down all these names yeah, they, was going to pay off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched this two nights ago. I couldn't remember her name. Uh, Janice. You're not going to have to. I, spoilers. You're not going to have to remember her name in season two that we're going to pitch. I don't think. Oh, okay. Good to know. If you do, it's not going to be my fault. It's going to be old Nate. (laughs) My point was Janice was saying that the machine was not designed to send him to the future. 
I remember that thing like he was yep. like fighting the accelerator and like it's, like it's like when you really have to poop but you're trying to hold it in. Yeah, it's like if the machine is des- not designed to allow him to do that, how did he do it? How did he do it? Yeah, like like you can't do something a machine is not designed for. Like if I drove my car off a bridge, it wouldn't suddenly fly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can't will it into flying. Yeah. I can't pull at the steering wheel and just grunt a lot. It's like, well, it's falling, but it's falling slower. Yeah. I better get out of this thing fast and back to what it's supposed to be doing. Buzz Lightyear says, we're not flying, we're falling with style. Yeah, that's right. It's the best you can hope for in a car, baby. So, yeah, that kind of stuff, that's not going to work for me. Okay. Whatever we're doing here, I think our main goals for season two, first we need to identify threads that are dangling. They've left us that we have to pick up. We're yes. not going to just start a whole new season one. Well, we're, uh, yeah, we're picking no. up where, we wouldn't where do it's that. left off. And I don't think the show requires it. No. The first season of the show was fine. Didn't we determine it was fine? <laughs> I'm not saying every episode was fine. I'm just saying the season overall was fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> um Yeah, what did I landed on a C? A I think C you were plus. C wasn't I like a B minus or something or so, yeah, we were around around in the same area. Yeah. Uh it could be better. But I think what we need to do, we need to identify the loose threads that need to be tied up. We need mm-hmm. to come up with a single story that ties most of those things together into one singular goal, right? Mm-hmm. And then clean up the logic of how it works yes instead of just what we want it to do whenever we need it to do it and find something useful for each one of our characters yes give them a reason to be there we're talking about jen (laughs) (laughs) so agreed those would be the goals yes okay how do we do that Okay, so let's first identify the dangling threads from the finale. Okay, so we're talking nuclear winter. Mm-hmm. Has that been averted? Do we know? By actions taken thus far? I wouldn't think so. I feel like if this show wanted us to believe that it had been, there would have been some kind of scene where old Ian faded into nothingness. That's probably <laughs> true. And also, um, and I'm going to draw a little line under that. I'm, I'm putting all of this on a whiteboard, folks. I've got a very small whiteboard here we're using in lieu of having a giant whiteboard behind us. But I'm going to draw an arrow from Nuclear Winter to Martinez Leaps. Okay. Because while we have seen the end of that, we've still not seen the beginning of it. True. Okay. Right? So, so present-day Martinez is not in any way associated or affiliated with any of this yet. 2023 Martinez is just living at home with his uh with his abuela. Mom. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They also made mention that his dying in the old west eliminated him completely. Like he's he, no longer a part of any timeline. Yeah, like Ben would not have to worry about him again. Uh, yeah, and I don't know whether that means like Ben has encountered him as many times as he's going to encounter him. I don't and, think we have to read it that way. I just think for the purposes of the solution of that episode, they said, don't worry about it. He's dead. Because <laughs> the way it's always been presented is that, like, 
if Sam or Ben die in a leap, they die. If Ben died in a leap, would he thus also be erased from the timeline? I no. Was that conjecture, their theory? Yeah, that was the conjecture. Yeah, hmm. yeah. In fact, I think they say that in, in the pilot. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, if they say it in the pilot, then good for them because they really uh, stuck to their guns on that. I guess in that finale. It. You said there are there three threads. How many? How many threads do you? think? I think are? we've got the the nuclear winter. Okay. We've got the evil leapers were teased. The congresswoman whose brother was killed in a car accident. My feeling about her, I talked about the government regulation earlier. Mm-hmm. I, maybe what I'm looking for, or the way I want to say it, is government co-opting. Yeah. Where the government just comes in and takes everything over. And that congresswoman has the ulterior motive of saying, like, you haven't brought my brother back, you son of a bitch. I'm going to take this over and we're going to take care of this ourselves you know and they bring in like lackeys you know stooges like martinez who are just yeah. gung-ho and and will they're just yeah yeah whatever you say i love america and they'll just step in and you know right well they're much more pliable and they'll follow directions easier right the very notion that a time travel program that has been proven to work would just kind of languish and let you know five folks kind of slowly put it back together right (laughs) no the government would have shut this shit down a long time ago it would be an entirely militaristic effort we're already well within the um extension of disbelief or whatever sure but um so yeah so nuclear so So those are kind of like the the evil evil leapers and the and the the congresswoman yeah i'm gonna go out there and say congresswoman i think that's for later yeah, we can I don't kick think, that can down I don't think we worry about it in season two. Yeah. Unless something presents itself, you know, we can obviously put that on a back burner. Yeah. Coming out of the finale, there are two immediate threads that have to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Like, the minute the season premiere starts. Yeah, who's in the accelerator? Who's in the accelerator? You would not believe how many people online, like, an entire comment thread of everybody that believed it was Sam was going to be in the accelerator. Folks, I... Why? You were going to... God, this is why the internet is never happy with anything. Yeah. This is the perfect example. Like, one, there is absolutely no pretense for that. Right. It's not set up at all. Two, we know Scott Bakula is not coming back, so you cannot be mad about this when it's not him, and yet... You're going to be mad about it, and you're going to yeah. act like the show somehow betrayed you. Yeah. This is why you're never happy with anything, folks. Come yeah. on. What the hell is that supposed to even mean? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so who's in the accelerator? Who's That's in the one. accelerator, and what was the other one? Number two, what happened to Magic's body? Yeah. That's the big one for me. This show has established that... Events that Ben impacts take time to sort of set and become concretized, right, in the in the future. And once he leaps out, everything kind of clicks into place. Right? Right. Yeah. So that's where so I'm starting. Magic's body is wherever 2023 Ben's body is. Where's his body? Do we have an idea for that? This is the problem with the logic of how the accelerator and time travel works in this series. It's why you need a waiting room. Yeah. Because two bodies can't occupy the same space. Right. Right. And we've established that Ben's body leaps. 
right? It's not just his mind. It's not like Ben's limp body is laying at the project right now, right? Or they would have shown it. We would know that it's there. Right. So Ben's body is leaping into other body. No, it's not, though. We've established that also. So where are the two bodies going? We need to square this ourselves. This is what... It's our job now. We don't have to blame them anymore. So what I think... All right, so so Ben's body no longer exists. Okay? Ben steps into the accelerator. It's He's atomized. Boom. Okay. He is then entering the, the bodies of other people. So on that premise, Martinez is in Magic's body. Right? And magic has now been atomized as well. Correct. Okay. So magic, Ben, in in the past, have been atomized. Now, Ben is continuing to leap around, right? Like, it's the same. He's just, he's leaping, he's leaping, he's leaping, he's leaping, he's leaping. When Martinez, as magic, leaps into a guy in the Old West and is killed, the potential for magic's body to come back is gone, right? In your current logic, yeah. In my current logic, it's gone. Yeah. Let's assume that Ben is leaping back to 2023 at the end of the finale of the first season. And Uh the accelerator, you know, he's coming through and boom, and everybody's there watching him. As soon as Ben materializes in the accelerator, magic disappears in 2023. Because the changes made back in 2018 have set. We are now in a new future where magic ceases to exist. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. Only Ben remembers magic because he has existing knowledge of that previous timeline that just changed. Okay, but see, the cheat code is kind of negating that. When the three Ians worked together at the same time and put in the cheat code and sent Ben from the Old West back to 2018 to start over again, remember it it all set, set set everything back except... For Martinez, because Martinez was killed. That's where their dumb logic, like, th- this was their... But, see, this, th- but that's that's exactly it, though, right? Because, like, if Martinez was killed, then that means that thing still happened before the failsafe was hit. Well, when the failsafe was hit, and I'm not saying this is good, this is not my writing now, this is their <laughs> right. When they <laughs> when the failsafe was hit, they said that that Martinez was killed and done, and Ben has a chance to start over and put right whatever he needed to put right in 2018, and then his mission would be over. And what he had to put right was kissing Addison. Macking on Addison. Which was supposed to send him to 2023. And the idea at that point, everything had been reset to the point where Magic in 2018 was having cigars with Al, and they were about to go on their date, and... Martinez was no longer a threat, and that was it. Like, everything was hunky-dory. Tie a bow on it. He's done. And that was their logic. Now, you see, they're using that cheat code to get rid of the whole question of where is Magic's body, where's Ben's body, because it's it all a, just a, reset. It it's all an just actual, reset. It's, it's an matter. actual deus ex machina. Yeah, exactly. It really is just sort of like, don't for, don't worry about it. The cheat code fixed it, and this is where we are now. So, for me, the one piece of writing that I did do canonically in my brain in preparation for this is finding out something to do with Jen. And I think I hit okay. my, I think I put my finger on it, and I think it kind of ties into what we're talking about here. 
which is Jen disappears and no one some, notices and yeah, that's the end. Right. No, 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 no. I'm going to my my first inclination was to just write her out of the show because what do you do with her? But, but then, I think I think the... what you do with her is I think that we reinstate a waiting room. I think that you know whatever software update the cheat code did it created the waiting room again or some manner of it or broke the system to where it starts working the way it used to again like whatever they had put into place that eliminated the waiting room some of the experiences or the the uploaded software that ian put in uh with that program that he didn't even understand reinstated the waiting room because that's the way that it needed to work or something like that and suddenly you have leap hosts in waiting rooms and Jen is your Dr. Beaks, but in a more militaristic police style because you also need to get this team working as a team on the leap, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody needs a role that is specific all the time and consistent, right? They don't just Cons need to be the character that's here to fulfill this need because the leap needs this and maybe right. won't again. Like Jen's there as a legal expert one time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, we need Jordy LaForge in engineering and we need Lieutenant Worf at security and we need Commander Riker at first officer. They need to have their roles and be expected to fulfill those roles. And I yep. think yep. if okay. we have if we have a waiting room and we have Jen as a person who interviews the leap host for answers to whatever mystery each episode poses. Jen's the one that deals with them in the waiting room, right? Okay. Ian is Gushy. Addison, obviously, is Al. And Magic's kind of captaining the ship, I think. But I think that that's what you have to do with Jen. And it solves this whole, where is his body? Because... His body could just be in the waiting room. I mean, I agree with you on that for sure. You know, we we are big proponents of the waiting room here. I wish I could say I understood why they got rid of it, but I feel like they just thought maybe it was too complicated. But it actually, like for us, made things. It, it more makes things more complicated by not having it because we're asking the questions like, "Well, how does where do the bodies go?" Right. Right. I guess what we could do is we could have some kind of shakeup that leads most of them befuddled at the beginning of the season to be like, you know, if we could write some lines of techno babble that somebody just shows up in the way. Oh, OK. The person walking out of the accelerator is the next leap is post. the next leap post. There you go. Yeah, I, I was wondering if you were going to get there. <laughs> oh, were you already there? <laughs> I was thinking like as soon as you mentioned like, OK, we got to have an explanation for the bodies. It's like, well, there you go. Yeah. Right? Some schlub just stumbles on out of there. The next it's leap like, post. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, like, yeah. Right, right. So the person that comes out Jen of the Jen immediately tases him. And out in a white leotard walks... A dog. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got to swing for the fences, man. We got to swing for the fences on this one. I don't think so. I think we keep it in the ballpark. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, maybe. All right. We'll, we'll save the dog for, like, sweeps. Yes. <laughs> Episode, like, uh, let's see. How many episodes are going to get? Well, they they got, like, nine 
They have right thirteen. Now, something thirteen. They have thirteen that are completed. Are they? Oh, I don't goal? know how many they actually have done. Because like we know, this strike's they, they never going to get resolved. 13. Yeah. This is going to be whatever we get to with like eight episodes. It's going to be the end of the show because the, the writers thing. The next season is going to be written by either us or AI. Yeah, and, and if it's us, we're just going to be total scabs. We're going to cross the picket line <laughs> and just. And if it's AI, it's going to be most of our content anyway, because who else is doing this? Work? Where else are they going to get it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, I think that's a good place to start. So the, you know, uh, a stranger walks out of the, the accelerator and it, you know, takes Ian a few minutes to postulate that all of the things that we put in place over those five years that they'd been working on getting the program up and running, they were probably writing the lines of code that said, this will eliminate the need for displacing bodies in the future or in the mm-hmm. past. Yep. You know, by doing all of these other things, we can kind of work around that pro that well, whatever he's done has broken it by uploading this new code because he wasn't entirely sure what it was or what it did. Mm-hmm. He could okay. you know, he's like, it could take me ten years to figure out what this was. It's sort of a reset button to send it back to working the way that it was before. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean we when the three Ians did that thing, maybe that's what caused it. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of resets all the software, and suddenly we've got Lee posts in a waiting room that they have to deal with. They put Jen in charge of that. Okay, here's what we and do. And that's her role. So, the waiting room. Mm-hmm. We have a scene where they force the doll guy out of his office. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who has the dolls, in the, in the one time we're going to see him, we're never going to see this guy again. Um... I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and move your desk again. So no. if you could They're just like, you're going to have to go to, down the hall to a different wall. room. You're going to be sharing a room with this guy now. And you got to take your <laughs> creepy dolls with you. And now, that's, wait, the, that's your waiting room. Oh, what? This is even a little better. Not, I mean, it's still the same idea. But when he walks out in his white leotard, didn't the host look like Sam to everybody? Mm-hmm. So it would look oh, like Ben. So everybody's going to see Ben. Assume it's Ben. And this guy's just going to be so clueless, he's just going to go with it. Like, uh... No, he's going to come out and be like, woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's what you do. I like this track. Ben walks out of it, but it's not Ben. It's a Lee post. And it's Ben's we... body. with. Yeah, and, and, and here's what we do. He comes out. We see that it's Ben. They see that it's Ben. They're all really excited. But Ben looks like he's very deeply concerned about something. Yeah. And says, oh boy. And we cut to the main titles. Yeah, there you go. And the whole episode takes place in 2023. And it takes to like the 45 minute mark. Us to realize that's not actually Ben or to understand what's happening. You want to do it that long? This episode of Quantum Leap is going to be all about this person who's not been in 2023. And then once Addison and the team realizes what's happened, Addison runs into the imaging chamber and finds Ben in who knows where doing who knows what, right? But like clearly in need of help that he has not been getting. Okay. We can let that go for a while. Okay. 
he's touching all the technology and like acting like he's basically acting like uh, Rick Moranis when he played Vince Clortho in Ghostbusters, you know, after he was possessed <laughs> and he just started handing Egon like lamps and shit. How long does it take a room full of quantum physicists to determine the fact that uh, one of them is not? So, hey, sometimes yeah. you see what you want to see, Nate. Like maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe they uh, think there's like some sort of PTSD or something. Okay, so what about this uh, season season long arc? What is the what is the goal? Once we've determined that the waiting room is back and Ben is still out there leaping, but in the traditional. Meth. What is their new theory to get him home? Hmm. I mean, isn't the show going to kind of be, end up being like a Gilligan's Island situation where like every season they think they have the message that's going to get them home, but then it falls short and we get another season? Maybe. I mean, I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the goal. I think, God, God help me, like going down an avenue that involves the evil leapers seems like a great way to keep both Ben and the present day team occupied. If they're aware that this program exists at some point in the future and they're trying to do everything they can to stop it from being created, Mm -hmm. but they can't even team quantum leap in 2023 is attempting to change the future, but in some way ensure it. But I think that would also require the Congresswoman. I think that that's where that starts. You feel like maybe the evil leafer program should just be an extension of what we end up doing with it. Like, does Ziggy ultimately become Lothos? I, like you we know, were talking about. We did talk about that a lot. I don't necessarily think so. But here's here's my thoughts about the Evil Leaper program. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Let's say this Congresswoman from season one is in some way instrumental in founding it. Right. What does she want with time travel? Well, I thought she didn't want them to have it. Well. Yeah, until what? Until she could be exonerated for some, or she could bring her brother back, right? So that was the correct, right? Yeah. So imagine that you're Sam Beckett and you're discovering time travel, and then Quantum Leap exists, and you embark on this adventure for purely altruistic reasons, Mm -hmm. right? This congresswoman is coming from the exact opposite side of that, right? Selfish reasons. It's selfish reasons, right? And motivation like that and the determination to do what it takes to correct this thing at any cost is what's going to end up creating a situation where something like Lothos could exist. Okay. That's in in my head anyway. Like, And again, I don't know if this is something you do in season two necessarily because it feels more like a season three thing to me. Okay. Where I think we would best go with season two, and it's another thread we talked about a few times in season one is the idea of a split timeline or a multiverse. Mm. I think if we jump on the multiverse bandwagon now, we're going to go down with all the other sinking ships. (laughs) Maybe, maybe so. But here's an idea. Didn't we decide that we didn't like multiversal storytelling in our quantum leaps? Yeah, but, but, but here's an, here's an idea though. Here's an idea I was having that builds on this idea that there was this some sort of temporal momentum thing, you know, swinging around, like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. What if now that Ben reached his final destination, if he does not return home, what if the resulting quote unquote momentum actually 
sends him through a dimensional barrier into another reality. And now instead of leaping in our reality, he's leaping in a completely different reality. So not the fact that every leap decision creates its own reality. There's only the two. Well, there could be more than two. But so, he's just he's broached into another dimension now. Like he shattered a dimensional wall. He is in another dimension. He can hop from dimension to dimension. I'm trying to make the show more like sliders for you. <laughs> like like what if what if we were in a scenario where Ben was able to leap not just from person to person but from outlandish scenario to outlandish scenario this sounds like something that belongs on a comic book page <laughs> um, but then it would be about getting Ben back to this universe you really want to go that far off the path I don't want to <laughs> look we're just spitballing here yeah I don't know. I I, I feel like... In... <laughs> right. Picture this. The haze, the fog goes away on that accelerator. Ben walks out. At least it looks like Ben, right? Right. And he roars like a T-Rex. Mm. Like, just like a T-Rex. And they're like, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> but it's because Ben is has leaped into a T-Rex. He's leaped into a T-Rex. Yeah, like like he looks in a mirror and he sees a T Rex looking back at him. And is it is it an actual like T Rex from our timeline, or is it a T Rex that's really just an alien from another planet? No, I, like the dinosaurs, <laughs> <laughs> or like that movie sixty five. Oh, mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing more like dinosaurs with like cool cybernetic enhancements. Okay, like the dinosaurs. Like the dinosaurs. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna put that. We're gonna stick a pin in that. One. Yeah, let's stick a pin in that one. Okay. I, I just want to get like I want there to be multiple takes of Ben walking out of the accelerator, opening his mouth, and making different animal noises or saying crazy shit for the DVD pack. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We weren't sure where we were going with this. We were, uh, we were trying to protect the premiere and not have any spoilers, so we filmed all these different openings. Let's all right. Let's tackle it from another angle. Then Vince Gilligan would always talk about he wouldn't write the season the character always did, mm -hmm. right? So if we take where do we know Ben thinks he is and where he thinks he's going at the end, right? He's mm -hmm. he thinks his mission is over. He kisses his girl. Feels like he's changing the way things started for them, and it's going to be even better. And he thinks he's on his way home, and he wakes up in a completely foreign scenario, a whole new leap where he, you know, could could, could be anything. What is his thought process? What I can say is that it's got to be the most uncomfortable thing he could possibly be in. It's got to be a complete one eighty. Okay. From that feeling of security, right? I guess it wouldn't have to be horrible. It could just be alarmingly awkward and like something he would be like, "Whoa, this is not right." Like he could be a clown at a birthday party, right? You know, something that he well, never would have done voluntarily. Certainly, it would be something that's uh, you know, the whole point is make the leafer uncomfortable every time, right? I mean, every every chance you get, you want your leap in to be an oh boy situation. Sure, um, sure. So yeah, you know. Uh, 
whether it's a high wire act or a high diving competition or something in his mind what do you do if you think you're on your way home and then all of a sudden your journey is starting all over again and mm -hmm. you don't even really know why all right he is being pushed out of an airplane into a combat zone okay so it's like he's he, then he's in an airplane and the next second someone's pushed him out and he's got to pull a chute and figure everything out. But he's also just like, oh, no, oh, no, it didn't work. It didn't work. And he's like panicking and he thinks for a second, maybe I don't pull a chute. Maybe I just let it happen. <laughs> OK. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know that the leap itself matters so much. Like, no, uh, yeah, that's what I was. I was trying to I was trying to go down that path of like. You know, what does the character want? What the character wants always drives their motivation. But I guess that's not necessarily true with Quantum Leap. In fact, it's very much not true. Like, Well, it's been true on this show, you know? Sort of. In that finale, it was, I think. I think the with Quantum Leap, it seems like the motivations of the protagonist are not what he wants, but what has to be. What has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not the same as like writing a Breaking Bad or a Better Call Saul where you're just like, okay, well, what is what is Saul thinking right now? What would he do with the knowledge that he has? Well, this is what he would do. You can't really do that with the with a quantum leap structured show. It's more of a you know, so so I guess maybe that's not the best way to tackle it. It is hard to think about though, like what would that first leap in be like for Ben? Assuming Ben Song himself does not walk out of that accelerator. Because mm -hmm. here's one of two things has to happen. Either somebody who's not Ben walks out of the accelerator. And in our version, it would be someone who looks like Ben, but is actually the leap host for Ben's yeah. current leap. Or Ben Song has to walk out of the accelerator and later have a reason to, get to have to in. get back in and mm -hmm. continue leaping. Now, see, for me, when I was when I'm thinking about the like, oh, magic disappears and the timeline clicks into place and only Ben remembers magic. That's his motivation for having to get back into the accelerator. He's got to go back and figure out how to save magic and restore magic in the current timeline. Right. Right. While he still remembers magic. I mean, that would that would definitely make sense if we went down that road. I feel like logically one. No, I mean, it would it would probably be Ben, but I would think maybe Addison be like, let's do this right this time and let me leap, you know, or so, I don't know, um, which could have been interesting. Have them switch roles. Well, there's a reason that Ben has to do it, and that's because nobody else knows magic. If everybody else oh. has forgotten him, but Ben's the only one with lingering memories of magic. Okay. Like, he has to do it again. He has to kind of get in the accelerator behind everybody's back again. He's got to just do it himself without authorization because nobody else believes what he's saying. Oh, well, speaking of... Yeah. It's like that episode of X-Men where, like, Bishop comes back and forges, like, X-Men. Who are the X-Men? And Bishop's like, now I gotta go back again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. That was the relationship he's gonna have with uh, Ian. He's gonna go to... <laughs> going to head back to nuclear winter in California. In fact, let's just look to those episodes of X-Men with Bishop in it to kind of get our, just we'll get a whole like six season structure out of those, the motivation for Bishop going back over and over and over again. That sounds like the synopsis for a, a hiatus episode of Oh Boy, a Quantum Leap oh, podcast. Oh man! 
Mm. Just <laughs> time fugitives. Oh, it's coming up. The Just time watch. fugitives two parter. We gotta we gotta time it though, so it drops whenever X Men ninety seven premieres on okay. Disney Plus. There right, we go. P- stick a pin in that one. Boy, um, never, never has an attempt to reuse so much existing animation paid off so well from a story <laughs> perspective. Because <laughs> that's all it is. It's just them being like, okay, how can we cut the cost of this episode by 50%? <laughs> they found a way. Yeah, well, I'll watch it. Um, so I think the big piece we need right now is we need to figure out a season arc. What are we trying to achieve? Right. That is the goal to get Ben back. Is the goal to get somebody else back? Is the goal think, to retrieve Ben from a dinosaur universe? <laughs> I think the goal is to get Ben home again. Why? Why? You know, that's that's the whole that's the whole point of Quantum Leap, right? Right. Yeah. And or okay, so it's either the goal is either to get Ben home or. Ben is operating from the perspective that he knows something caused nuclear winter. Okay. And see the see the the problem this is tough because the problem with season long arcs in an episode driven series is I'd want each one of these episodes to mean something towards the end goal oh and it simply won't that's the problem with trying to do this sort of serialized storytelling in a show like quantum leap where every episode is by design so much different from the last one so every leap that ben makes the content of that leap can't directly refer back to it can indirectly refer back to like maybe thematically it's referring to what's going on the show has always done that but okay. as far as having a direct connection to this nuclear winter plot line or trying to avert this disaster in the future, if Ben leaps into, you know, a, a newspaper reporter in, in the 50s and then leaps into, I don't know, like, you know, a NASCAR driver in the 90s and, you know, just pops all around, like all of those plots aren't going to directly cause nuclear. Although I guess the NASCAR plot could probably in some way factor <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> to, to nuclear winter. <laughs> NASCAR will be the only thing that saves us from nuclear winter. I think so. I mean, we've all seen that Mad Max movie. No, you're you're not wrong. So what so instead, maybe what we need to do is come up with a a 2023 storyline. Ben has warned them about the nuclear winter and we can start some type of 2023 storyline that we come back to three, four times this season where we focus on those players and make the leap a B plot or nearly non-existent. Um, But then, but then there could be scenarios Ben finds himself in that do plant breadcrumbs or where he is picking up skills that might be needed to sort of get in front of this and prevent that future from happening. Okay. Okay. Now, I guess the question then is, did the prior writers that wrote this series before us, did they think that they had resolved the nuclear winter by having Martinez 
not destroy the uh, accelerator. Well, again, if there's anything I learned from the X-Men animated series episodes featuring Bishop, it's that no matter how much you change the past, you can't prevent certain things in the future, right? Something else. Hey, it's what I learned from the Terminator movies, too. Judgment Day always happens. It just gets punted down the road a few years, you know? So... Which is really one of the reasons I don't like that they introduced nuclear winter. Right. Because how do you get out from under that, right? Yeah, one, how do you get out of it? And two, it's like dystopian future is the antithesis of quantum leap. Mm -hmm. The whole point was making the world better. You know, like I think if if Sam Beckett were out there floating a in the realms outside of time, looking at the big tapestry and deciding where he wants to go. Nate looked like he was suggesting that Sam is like swimming like an actual person in water through, through time. Just like the time, the time stream. (laughs) What? Like 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 a (laughs) dog. Is that what I was doing? That's what I felt like you were doing, which would be hilarious if it's just like we see Sam Beckett and he's like, just looks like he's swimming, like his arms are moving and his legs are kicking. But he can only doggy paddle. He's not a great swimmer. Doggy paddling through. Doggy paddling through the time stream. We'll get Tim and Eric to direct that episode. I always assumed he could sit outside of himself and look at whatever moment in time he felt needed to change and like hey i can do a small thing here and he would go insert himself in that situation and make things better right yeah so if that's the case and ben's able to do the same thing whomever the leapers that are out there that do that exist outside of time if they all see that a nuclear winter is on the horizon i kind of feel like they would maybe not let that happen like, the two ideas don't mesh with me in my mind. Sure, sure. A quantum leap isn't about a struggle against dystopia, you know? No, it, the world is theoretically fine the way it is. It's just like, yeah, we could help a few people out. So I guess we have the option there. Is that what we want to pick up? Do we want to pick up winter, nuclear winter as the plot line for season two? I think so. Or- and And... You know, you're 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 kind of hitting on the reason why there. It's like you don't leave that hanging out there with Quantum Leap. Like Quantum Leap has to come in and make a statement about optimism. You can't just toss Nuclear Winter out there and leave it hanging over this show like it's an inevitable thing or it could happen or something like that. You have to decisively say this isn't going to happen because that's not the show that this is. Okay, so do we just take it and we fix it in one season? Or do we incrementally say that by the end of this series, we know that that won't be the case? No, I say you fix it in a season. Whatever it takes to resolve that is exactly the thing that makes the Congressional Oversight Committee say they've got too much control and power. Okay. Whatever they have to do to prevent it will inevitably rob our government or a government. It was our government that did it, right? So... It would rob them of some of their power. So was it the imploding accelerator that caused the nuclear winter? I thought there were bombs involved. Weren't there? Maybe I'm remembering wrong. You just watched the episode like yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, a couple of days ago. And I, I think the idea was Martinez's plan was to destroy the accelerator by imploding it. 
turning it in on itself or something. And they said that that would like erase, what did they say, like three city blocks or something like this. Okay. It was yeah, it yeah. like not a giant explosion, but a giant implosion. And I thought it caused nuclear winter and Ian was there by himself. Couldn't he have just left? It was only like three blocks. He could have hoofed it, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's probably more to it, but either way, they're the ones who caused it. Yeah, I guess my question then is, was it resolved when he didn't overload the accelerator? If it hadn't been him, it would have been something else. Right? Like, I think you can't indirectly resolve this. You have to actually show the resolution of it. Like until we okay. see what year was it? It was he was in like 20... 2052 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Until we see 2052 and things look okay, it's out there and it's real. That's uh, to, But then we to have me. to try and leap to the future again. Oh, we don't have to because Ian then How do we show it? Because the Ians all share a a, a what <laughs> chronal link. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is starting to get a little messy. <laughs> you just need to show like a like a flash forward or something and the government's got to be like we can't have this okay <laughs> i'm not even saying the government in 2023 is doing it the government in like 2052 might be the one saying like hey the same way that ian and the other project members were able to uncover file of the original quantum leap project, mm-hmm. right? That they didn't know existed about the evil leapers, right? What if in 2052, this government oversight body gets access to the same files and realizes these people had more power than we ever knew they had. And the world we're living in right now is not the way the world's supposed to be. Right. Right. That's where you get your season three arc from. Cause then they're like, we call it Lothos. I kind of like the idea of Ziggy becoming Lothos. Is that very quantum leapy? <laughs> No, it's not. You're right. I mean, <laughs> no, you're, you're, if nuclear you're winter right. isn't, then having like your benevolent computer, we talked about this a few times towards the end of the season, right? Like having this benevolent, wisecracking, uh, what's the outcome of any artificial intelligence? We all know it's bad. Doesn't stop <laughs> us. Yeah, I guess I don't know if I like just the government making Lothos. I mean, it just seems, especially given the fact that they're like so... <laughs> <laughs> like so obviously like dragged from hell you know like yeah, right. <laughs> like <laughs> demonic laughter and stuff in the background and like <laughs> screams of torture on the other side of their waiting room on the other hand it's like oh it was the government the whole time makes a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> oh twas the rars that did it but that's that's season three that's that's where i think you go with season three after so after we resolve nuclear winter? Yes. Okay, well, let's shift gears a second then. We'll find defined goals for each of the characters and give them a running story that will be them trying to prevent... No, okay. Okay. Let's assume... Let's have them assume if they have any control over what's going to cause nuclear winter, they have to believe that it is caused by martinez right or the people that have hired martinez right the people that are going to recruit martinez in the future and whoever these people are they probably already have the wheels turning somewhere right so i think the storyline should be about finding the people 
that might ultimately send Martinez on his mission. Yes. Yes. Because we don't know who they are yet. We don't know who they are. Yeah. And it would give us an opportunity to, to bring Martinez back before he leaps, like you were saying earlier. Maybe Magic decides that, like any good Godfather fan... Um, oh, keep your friends close and your enemies your closer. Cl- yeah. And he rec- he recruits him. Martinez to yeah. the project. Oh, Because then it's like uh, Yoda saying, okay, Obi-Wan, you can train him. You just let the wolf into the coop, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't hate that. I actually I actually dig that idea a lot. I kind of feel like it's something they would do too. All you can do is control what's in front of you. If you're not gonna leap again, if you're not gonna send another leaper out while you're trying to get Ben home, in order to root out the government's Well, they're they're aware that the government sent Martinez to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like literally an assassin to kill their own u.s citizens in the past let's hire him <laughs> i've looked at your resume well, i mean just i'm just now putting together just how fucking evil that is uh, that's what i'm saying man like they put a hit out on american citizens like their own governmental officials and said go kill these people yep he had to kill four or five people because they tried it numerous times and each time somebody kept the program running Yes. It's fucked up, right? So, like, that's where the Lothos thing comes from for me. Are these the kind of people who would do it? They are absolutely the kind of people who would do it. Yeah. So, then the season, I guess, should be about rooting out nefarious members of the government or people close to the program that might use it for ill. Yes. Our season-long arc, quote-unquote, is three or four episodes devoted to a governmental conspiracy to hijack time travel. Yeah. Destroying it never would have been their goal. Right. Right. Co-opting it would have always been their goal. Co-opting it and keeping it quiet. Right. We need to have this and we can't let anybody else know about it. Which is not what Martinez says it was. And they did destroy the machine in the future. Yeah. Which means, you're right, that's not... Martinez's clearance is not high enough, and he's only there to fulfill his mission. And he only knows what he needs to know, which is destroy the accelerator and kill them all. Because there's another accelerator. Because they've got another accelerator with their own computer, right? They're like, we've got to clean this up, and no one can know we have this. That way they can scapegoat Quantum Leap the way that they wanted to, and once that's all gone, the American public would be like, oh, good, we got rid of that awful Quantum Leap program. All the while, those people that got rid of it, quote unquote, we call them the yeah, deep state. Yeah, they didn't state. really get rid of it. They got, they just, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's our storyline. We need to break that into like maybe three episodes worth of actual intrigue. They gave us 13 episodes. So, so roughly um, a third of them would be focused on this core mission or mystery. Okay. It's the way the first season ran. It's kind of like a season of the X-Files, you know, you get those episodes peppered in about the, right, the broader right. conspiracy, you know. We're running up on close to two hours here of recorded time. <laughs> Why don't we... 
given that it's uh, past the witching hour. <laughs> I mean, we don't know when the witching hour is. We still haven't established that, but we can rest assured we're past it at this point. <laughs> yeah, we can't prove it's not the witching hour. Let's say that. Why don't we take those notes into the future with us? Give it some thought when we get back together again. We can kind of flesh out what those three episodes might look like. And then each of us come back with maybe three ideas of actual fun leap ideas. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to suggest. Let's come up with our top three proposed leap situation. I may have tipped my hat already, but guys, anticipate dinosaurs. I'll try to rein him in, guys. <laughs> Look, Don't. sky's the limit, man. So I think this episode is going to end up being kind of a two-parter. It took us a while to get to where we wanted to be, I think. That's why we have to talk it out. This is how it works, man. This is how the, the brainstorming situation works, right? So Cool. Yeah. This, you witnessed it in real time, guys. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody here listening would well, accuse us of being uh, anything less than stream of consciousness most times. And if you look down at your podcast player and it says, this episode's only an hour and 10 minutes, then no, you weren't listening in real time. Yeah, just just know there was a lot more said. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. um, I feel good about this. We got got the makings of something really good here. I filled up this whole, uh, that whole whiteboard there. Yeah. It's a small whiteboard, but still. I wish I was there in the room to see it. I'll take a picture of that. Okay. Do it. For sure, for sure. I got to wipe this off and return it to work on Monday. Point I kind of stole it. Anyway. The point is the waiting room is back, folks. Yes, yeah. That's I think the, we've decided. T- if, you, if you take nothing else from this, know that <laughs> the first order of business is bringing the waiting room back. <laughs> well, then let's call it a night for part one. All right, guys. Well, hey, if you want to uh, reach out to us, you can do so at oboyqlpod at gmail.com. Hey, Since we're going to be talking about each personal three leap ideas for this upcoming season, if you've got something fun, a a fun romp for Dr. Ben's song, let us know. Send your own ideas in. You can follow us on social media, I suppose. Nate, Nate, what are you using these days? Most of my social interacting is actually on the Paprika Facebook Facebook group. Yeah, well, I mean... I really enjoy the posts that go on over there. That's where I actually spend most of my time interacting with folks. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. You want to join Paprika, you kind of have to ask first. Yeah, message us on Facebook. You'll get access to a whole trove of fun... Like-minded discussions. Yeah, there's some real fun discussions on the Paprika group. Always have been. It's been real. Until next time, I'm Brian. And I'm Nate. And we will be here in the newly reinstated waiting room. I'm talking to Peter Weller, and uh, the first thing he asked me about is my shirt. And the shirt I'm wearing is a Black Phillips shirt. Now, are you familiar with the movie The Witch? I know of the movie The Witch. I have not seen it. Anya Taylor-Joy and her family move out to this homestead in the middle of nowhere after they get shunned from the community, and there's witches in the forest, and they have a really Right. It's like a low-budget horror sheep. 
Yeah, like it's a it's, really good low budget horror film or something. Yeah, it's right? an outstanding movie. But I yeah. have this shirt that has Black Phillip on it, and he was asking me about Black Phillip, and I started to explain. I made it a point to say, yeah, I can't really wear clothes like this to my day job. And and Peter Weller says, what do you do for work? I mentioned that I work with kids. And he's like, that's amazing. What do you do with the kids? And so I talked to him about my job. And he's like, you must work with a lot of kids on the spectrum. And I'm like, yeah, you know, not exclusively. But he was more interested in what I had to do for a living. And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, oh, by the way, I loved you in that season of 24 you were in, you know. (laughs) And he started to say, oh, yeah, Christopher Henderson. What a role, you know, like it was anyway just chit chat or was he like at a table or yeah yeah no no he was at a table like i mean he was we, we and and uh you know i got an autograph from him but like were, were you holding up a line talking shit? about your job i would not say so because here's the thing when you're at a show and the talent is having the conversation with you yeah i'm like i'll stand here and talk to you for as long as you want buddy <laughs> right know? yeah as long as you're not the one carrying the conversation Good celebrity interaction from uh, RoboCop himself. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. My favorite experience with stars at conventions was a Heroes Con. Was it a Heroes Con? Crap, it might have been MegaCon in Orlando. Those are very similar shows, but it was John Schneider. Oh, okay. At the time, Smallville fame. Pa Kent himself. And of course, I grew up on the Dukes of Hazzard. And I used to talk with my friends. We'd always talk about, well, who would actually get you starstruck? Like, what celebrity would you actually not be able to, like, where you could literally not speak? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I think the only one would probably be maybe Bo Duke. Because it would just (laughs) basically take you back to that moment, you know, when you're eight years old, seven years old. I was there with my pal Steve and his wife, Elizabeth, and... I'm waiting in line and I'm like, my hands are a little sweaty and I'm joking. You know, we're like, we're sort of joking about like, oh. And when we got up there, I literally, yeah, I opened my mouth and nothing came out. (laughs) And my friend Steve had to like jumpstart the conversation and like say, you'll have to excuse him. He was a big fan when you were and uh, got this great photo. Thanks for your sincerity and smile. He signed my shirt. Really great guy. Really great, nice guy. Yeah. And uh, it's just a shame to know that we're so diametrically opposed politically. Yeah. They say don't meet your heroes, but as long as you don't talk about politics, I think you're fine. <laughs> that's that's pretty tough now. I did also, at Dragon Con, though, I did meet Anson Mount, Captain oh. Pike. Handsome man. Was his hair as good in person? yes. And he was dressed to the nines, man. Like, he did not... No kidding. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, sometimes, you know, the the people, the talent that comes to these shows will dress maybe down a little bit or in something comfortable. They're going to be sitting for hours, signing autographs, meeting people, you know. The autograph hall at Dragon Con, you just kind of walk through it. It's like a big loop. And so you can see virtually all the celebrities who were there. And this is like, your first Dragon Con. Yes, yeah. So yeah. Jewel State of Quantum Leap. And Firefly, she played Kaylee on Firefly, was there. And so, you know, I'm like 10 feet from her, and that's pretty amazing, you know. And so I met Anson Mount, and I also met Andy Circus At Dragon Con? At Dragon Con. But Sunday only, Andy Circus was in attendance, and I got to meet him and, and get his autograph and tell him that I'm working on building the Lego Rivendell set with my son, and he was absolutely tickled by that. Consummate gentleman. He is totally focused on you. You are having a conversation with him. And that's what I love about celebrity experiences at these shows. 
the good ones. Part of what you're in line for is the chance to actually engage with this person. And when they really do it, it's like, that's what I stood in line for. You know, he shook my hand twice. Right. Great, great guy. Great guy. I've gotten off the part where I don't really get comic books signed anymore, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. I've got like Mark Wade's signature on 500 books, you know, over sure. the years. So it's right. like at some point, okay. Uh, the last time I was seriously at a convention might have been in the one that I was with you at okay. there in Heroes Con. Matt Fraction was there. Yes. And I, I could not pass up the opportunity to at least shake this guy's hand because his Hawkeye series got me reading comics again. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, like, what should I, what should I, you know, what, what's good these days? It might have been you that turned me on to that. Um, possibly. Possibly. I think you uh, might have pointed me in the direction of that. And uh, I read it on the Marvel Unlimited. And I was like, well, there's Matt Fraction. And I'm only at this convention now because I'm back into comics from how much I loved Hawkeye. And I didn't have any books or anything. And I just wanted to shake the guy's hand. So I stood in line with his line that was going like, all oh, these people. You know, oh, God. Fraction's people line me, is People behind me, both of them stacks now. and yeah. stacks of books. And finally, the person in front of me is done, you know, picks up his three or four stacks of books. And I stand up there and he's like, puts his hand out waiting for me to hand him something. I didn't have anything. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have anything for you to sign. But I just wanted to let you know that I'm reading comics again because of Hawkeye. And I shook his hand and I said, that's really all I had for you, sir. I don't mean to hold up your time. <laughs> but I thought it was worth mentioning, you know, that you've... Uh, brought me back into the fold with this kind of work and it was really great and he, I think he was a little taken aback by the fact that it was like wait somebody doesn't just want me to slap my name on their book I and move yeah. on you know it, it took him a second to kind of go like oh 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 <laughs> yeah fractions okay. like a yeah fractions a really good guy and I bet yeah. that was a really special moment for him that's the sort of thing that writers love to hear yeah that's the best you can hope for one would hope. It's like, I hooked somebody with this. Yeah. It's one thing when somebody's just, especially comics, because so many of us just buy comics out of habit. Sure. It's this habit-forming thing, and you wake up one day and you're like, why am I still reading this book? I haven't enjoyed it in six years, you know? Um, yeah. But when, no, you're right. Yeah. But when you stand in line for literally nothing other than to say thank you, that's the best a writer can get, I think. One would hope that that and that was my thought too. Is is I was like, I need to at least tell this guy that his book had an effect on me, and not yeah, yeah, not just hoard for his signature or whatever. Nevertheless, uh, maybe I should put an intro to this recording. Um, <laughs> I don't think this stuff is going to come at the beginning. <laughs> I, I doubt this is how it's going to open, but uh, at the same time. We, should, we uh, promised them quantum leap this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then let's uh, let's actually do some quantum leaping here. All right. Let's do it. All right. Fingers crossed. <laughs>